Terry keeps trying to tell people how mediocre she is and no one will believe her. <laughs> Hello. Hello. I know I feel like I was answering the phone. When I, I know, said me that. too. Hello. It was like, um, ring, ring, ring. Hi. The only people that call me are like robo callers now. Oh yeah, you know Joanne the scammer Literally. always calling me. Literally, yes. Yeah, but welcome back to Pod Girl Summer. Yeah, we're here for our second installment. We hope that you loved Crossroads. Yes, it was really a blast to record and to watch. Yes, today we are bringing you a request from our listener Amy. Thank you so much for sending it in. It's been a hot minute since we've done some Hillary Duff. Yeah, I was very excited. We're getting a lot of big names in for Pod Girl Summer. Brittany. Absolutely. Hillary. Who's next? Who's to say? But today we are doing 2004's Raise Your Voice. And what a movie it is. <laughs> I'm excited to get into it because I think like it was really one of those movies where you watch as a kid and you're like blown away because I was obsessed oh, with Hilary Duff. Yeah, same. Like I wanted to be her. I wanted to be just like her. I wanted to look like mm. her. So if she did a movie, like she could do no harm. So absolutely. Now I'm watching it with fresh, <laughs> critical eyes. I do remember watching this in the movie theater. Wow. Because it was a couple months after I had moved to Singapore. So we actually mm -hmm. had movie theaters to go to, which was very exciting. And I sobbed my eyes out. Aww. And I'm not going to lie to you. I did shed a, a tear or two watching it the other day. <laughs> oh, yeah. There are some really dark moments in this movie. Yeah. I almost wish – I mean, we'll talk about it more. But I really wish there was more of the dealing with grief throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like more of a, a a clear, streamlined, something that was like driving her. I think that those themes are present. We get a little sidetracked with some side plots that I don't think were yeah. necessary. But at the end of the day, I do think it is mostly about like working through her grief and kind of rediscovering, well, not rediscovering music, but music helping her through it. But we do get some weird other side stuff that I think kind of pulls focus in a way mm -hmm. that doesn't really serve anything. But we'll, we'll discuss that as it comes up. Yes. Also in this movie is Jason Ritter. Amazing. Beautiful. So good. Yeah. You, he makes you fall in love with him within the first three seconds of seeing him. Absolutely. And then you're like, I'm in love with you. How could they? Yeah. How could they? Yeah. Jason Ritter um, posted a TikTok oh, yeah. a few weeks back now, basically talking about Paul. And he's like, so I've learned that like so many of you cried when Paul died. Of but course. Guys, didn't you watch the movie? Like Paul faked his death. That's why he's there at the final performance. When you see him, that's his new identity. Something <laughs> crazy like that. And it was very funny. And I did comment on that TikTok on the podcast account being like, Jason, will you come on the pod oh to discuss Rosie's voice? And he liked the comment. Jason. But never followed up. I even tried to comment again and never heard anything. Um, Jason. But Jason, if you're out there, 
the invitation still stands. The, I loved you on Parenthood. I loved you and Raise Your Voice. Mm-hmm. I would love to, you know, shoot the shit, get to know you a little better. Yeah, see where you're at now, what you're up to. So DMs are open, Jason. The ball is in your court. Absolutely. <laughs> um, we did find out that this movie was originally named Christian Music Project. <laughs> Very I was like, what? <laughs> well that that's what it was pitched as, and then they changed the name to Heart of Summer. Mm. But then they were like, Oh, it's not getting released in the summer. It's gonna be out in the fall, so let's call it Raise Your Voice. But I definitely did not remember how religious this film is. Me neither. <laughs> For like seriously, me neither. Cause I mean, she's in choir, of course. Yeah. But they don't even talk that much about it it's like a lot of like imagery yeah the only time they really talk about it is when she's talking to um jay yeah it's like after she leaves church yeah after she a la ladybird um <laughs> and he's like music is you know my religion and she's like you're saying like music is your higher power yeah. <laughs> and there's there's a lot of like cross jewelry. Yes, big time. Um, a lot of, you know, like faith kind of talk, uh, which I truly did not remember. I also did not remember that Rita Wilson is her mother. I know. There's like John Corbett as her teacher. Yeah. Well, I did remember him. <laughs> and Kat Dennings making her yes. like a movie debut. I was like, okay. Oh, James Avery. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oliver James, who you may remember from What a Girl Wants, yeah. did find out from one of our followers on TikTok that apparently if you look at his Twitter, it is just filled with some anti-vax uh, COVID oh, conspiracy stuff. So that's oh, no. super fun. We love that. But yeah, I mean, aside from that bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He he does a good job in the movie being his classic hot mm-hmm. art boy self. Oh yeah. They got some they pulled in some big names. They really wanted it to mm-hmm. do well. I mean, Hilary Duff, like how could you go wrong at that point in time? Did it do well in the box office? No, it did not. It didn't. <laughs> um, but apparently they originally were gonna cast Evan Rachel Wood. Oh yeah. You told me that. Yeah, is uh it was interesting to watch it back. There was a lot. I guess I really haven't seen this movie in a long time because mm-hmm. there was a lot that I did not remember, but a lot that is like ingrained into my brain forever <laughs> because I loved this movie so much. Yeah. I mean, there are some points, like you mentioned how you cried. I was like very taken aback, very emotional. Mm-hmm. I think that overall it just didn't hit the same for me. And I'm sure that that's because like I'm no longer in a place in my life where I'm like, you know, in high school, like want to go to art school. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, you know, finding my voice, finding my style because we graduated art school. (laughs) Yeah. Got kicked to the curb. (laughs) Fucking depressed, overstressed. And now we both have nine to five. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's why we um, need you to support the podcast. Yes, please. Speaking of supporting the pod, we have a review we get to talk about today. Yes, we got a really sweet review from George. Uh, You might know them on TikTok as Lonely Boy Journals. Got a lot of amazing 2000s era 
TikToks on that channel. So definitely go check it out. Thank you so much for the review. It was so sweet and lovely. And we did pick a song for you. Yes. We see that you're a Swifty. You're into a little T-Swift. Mm-hmm. So we did want to go a little back in time. Yes. Really look at some of her best work. Um, and we selected Sparks Fly. Yeah, I love this song. I didn't really listen to the Speak Now album that much, but I do remember vividly loving that, like this song in particular. Mm-hmm. It just it gets the blood pumping. It feels like when I listen to that song, I'm still... Like in the midst of like my first love, I'm like in that rain, mm. in my yeah. best dress, and we, yeah, we just feel like this in the movie montage that is your life. You're like powerful, like you, you got that job, you did that thing, like mm-hmm. you're, you've reached your goals, you're going full force. Yeah, everything's yeah. coming up, George. Exactly. Thank you so much for the review, and if you, person listening to this, would like us to select a 2000s movie montage song for you, all you gotta do is leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and we will shout you out in the next episode. Yes, we will. Please always feel free to DM us to let us know. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, always do. We want to make it personal, so hit us up. Yes, and even if you don't leave a review but you want to talk to us, Hit us up. Yeah. You can send us an email at movies that raised us at gmail.com. You can go on, log into that Instagram, find us at movies that raised us. Yes. If you want some more visual content, you can follow us on TikTok. It's movies that raised us pod. Mm-hmm. It is popping. It is 11K plus strong. Hell yeah. You can also find us on Twitter at MTRU underscore pod. And before we begin, we just want to shout out our partners, Little Lady Baby, a really cute retro boutique from Rhode Island. Yes, they have some really cute stuff, especially to get your fun, flirty summer on. And with that being said, I feel like there's only so much intro we can do for this movie. You really just have to like (laughs) dive in and get to the meat of it all. Take it away, Mo. Hopping right in. We get the first thing we see is Epitaph. (laughs) Um, They start the movie off with a quote. Music is a higher revelation than all wisdom and philosophy. Guess who said that very niche? Beethoven. (laughs) So the next thing we see is our gal, a young country cutie, Terry Fletcher, singing a uh, a spicy rendition of Joy to the World in her high school choir. Absolutely loving life. And who else should be there in the choir? Claire. Oh, my God. Claire from Lizzie McGuire. I think her name is Lauren in this. Oh, you're right. Her name is Lauren. Yeah, but she is Claire in Lizzie McGuire. Yes. So the teacher tells everyone to have a good summer, and he lets Terry know that he sent in the recommendation letter she asked for. Then in the school hallway, Terry and Lauren are walking, loving life, and that is when Matthew, I'll let you say it because I don't know who he is. So Matthew, for my even Steven stands, was, um, oh my god, I can't remember his fucking name. He's like the weirdo. Yes. It's Tom Grabowski, and he was just like this super odd guy, kind of like 
the guy in Lizzie McGuire who does the slow bicycle race. Oh, Larry Tudgman. He is like the Larry Tudgman of Even Stevens. <laughs> yeah, so he plays a very similar character in this. He's kind of like yeah. nerdy, weird guy. He comes up to Terry and gives her the concert tickets that she asked for, and she gives him the money, and they shake hands, and he basically creams his jeans and then runs off. And <laughs> Treacherous. Lauren and Terry kind of joke around. They're like, oh, my God, he's going to spend the rest of his month thinking that he got you pregnant. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Poor guy. Really awful. So they go outside. Um, it's the last day of school, so people are graduating. And Terry's brother, Paul, comes up to Terry holding this camcorder. I guess it's like his thing to videotape stuff. Mm-hmm. He's like, how do you guys feel about the last day of school? And they talk to him. He goes up to Lauren and they have this little bit where they're pretending to hit on each other. And I was like, yeah. oh, my God. Um, and then he's like, tell dad I'm going to be late to my grad party. Save me a burnt burger. And Terry's like, it's your party. Yeah. You're going to be late to your party? It's your graduation barbecue. <laughs> Thank you for that um, exposition, Terry. Yeah. At said graduation barbecue, Terry is chatting with her aunt, cool Aunt Nina, Mm -hmm. all about her summer, how she's going to be singing in the choir and working at their family restaurant. But most importantly, she really wants to get into the summer music program in August. And dad is like with a fucking toothpick in his mouth, which is basically surgically glued (laughs) to his mouth because it's there the whole time. He's like, oh, yeah, some music thing in L.A. And Terry is like, it's not some music thing. It's the Bristol Hillman Music Conservatory. Best program on the West Coast. Very much like a Berkeley College of Music summer program type of vibe they're going for. Mm -hmm. Except it's L.A. And she says that she already sent in her application because mom said it was okay. But the dad is like... You're not going, and that's final. He's a real stick in the mud. Yeah, they also make him seem like a backcountry hick. And I mean, it's from, it's supposed to be Flagstaff, Arizona. I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure Flagstaff is Arizona. Because she also takes the train to Palm Desert. So, like, mm-hmm. can't be that far. Right. Dad is like, You don't need no music. You got the family business. Yeah. So, Paul finally shows up to his party. Hi. Hello, Aunt Nina. <laughs> And he notices Terry is upset. So Nina fills him in on how their dad is being stubborn as usual. You know, his father, like, defends himself because Paul confronts him. And he's like, the prettiest girls in America all go to L.A. And you know what happens to them? Paul tries to stand up for Terry, saying that hundreds of thousands of kids apply. So if she were to get in, it means that she would belong there. But dad is just like, she's not going to L.A., Paul kind of, like, digs yeah. in on him. He pops off. I was like, whoa. You're in Flagstaff, Arizona. Like, your father's going to, like, spank you. So <laughs> he's like, just because you're stuck here, you want everyone else stuck here with you. And mom is like, all right, all right. That's enough of that. <laughs> and she's like, we should be celebrating. Dad is like, I can't give this freaking girl to light. And Paul's like, I got it. <laughs> Sprays lighter fluid all over the grill. Oh. F- fucking flames fly up. 
really tense moment. Like if I was at that barbecue, I'd feel so uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. And so he's like, you're grounded. Yeah. <laughs> Happy graduation. You're done. You're toast. Yeah. <sighs> so later that night on the porch, Aunt Nina congratulates Paul on getting into Arizona State. And he says he's just happy to be getting out of here. And that's when he makes Nina promise that if Terry gets into the Bristol-Hillman program, that she has to make sure she goes because otherwise she'll suffocate in this town. And Nina is like, yes, I I agree. You are correct. Mm-hmm. So that evening, it seems like the longest day on earth. There's so much yeah. that happens. <laughs> Terry is in her room. She has her keyboard out. She's singing. She's writing. And I will say one thing that really strikes me about Terry is that regardless of the situation she's in, she's actually quite confident. Like she might be meek with her father, but like how many people at 16 are like confidently singing, writing their own music, like, Mm -hmm. you know, unafraid to like share their artistic like exploits. Like I would never do that. I would scare the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. So Paul comes in and he has his camcorder again. He records her singing and working. And we see like it cut to him editing this video together of moments of Terry singing. She's playing piano, singing in choir, She's doing this like fun little music video shoot in their living room and he clicks burn. This is back when <laughs> laptops still had a disk drive and he burns a CD, sneaks out, puts it into the mailbox. And when he comes back home, Terry is in his room looking through his telescope. And that's when she surprises him with a little graduation gift mm-hmm. It is concert tickets to Three Days Grace. How cool. What a cool little sister. <laughs> As we get to know Terry more and more in this movie, the more I question whether or not she would actually listen to Three Days Grace. It doesn't really <laughs> fit the rest of her personality. But Yeah. I mean, I was talking to Phil and I was telling him the plot and he's like, they go to a Three Days Grace concert. That's so cool. Yeah. And I was like, huh. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah. I literally can't think of Three Days Grace without thinking of this movie. Me neither. Um, <laughs> so Paul is obviously stoked, but they can't go because he's grounded. Terry manages to convince him very easily yeah. to sneak out of the house. <laughs> so they sneak out the side window and push the car down the driveway and leave while uh, Aunt Nina watches from the balcony just like drinking wine. Like, oh, you kids. I just want to say – Christina is Aunt Nina. I was literally about to be like, that's who I want to be. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I can totally see being like, like my my kids are the ones sneaking out. And <laughs> Christina's like up on the balcony visiting. She's like, oh, you crazy like, uh, kids. Um, I probably like helped them sneak out. <laughs> I did think it was very clever that they rolled the car down the driveway. Yeah. Like what the fuck? That is smart. So they're in the car on the way to the concert. Paul is talking to Terry, and he reveals that he will not be staying in Flagstaff for the summer. He actually found a job in Arizona, so he's going to go straight there before school, and he is not coming back, which must be devastating for her because they seem so close. He's just like, you know, Dad and I don't get along, but I feel really bad about leaving you, you know, at home with him. And she's like, it'll be okay. You know, I get along with them, and he's like, that's what I'm worried about. You're like 
a step for a daughter to them. You're just accommodating. Mm. He mentions earlier that day how their father slammed to this music program and he thinks that she should have caused a scene, screamed, like done something. She has an amazing voice, but if she keeps listening to their father, she's going to end up doing Cats at the Y at 40. Yeah. They get to the Three Days Grace concert. Uh, Everyone is simply vibing. I don't know these songs. Apparently they're singing home at first. Mm -hmm. Um, Terry then gets lifted up by Paul and this other guy, and they perform, Are You Ready For This? Which I always think of this. Are you ready for this? Yeah. And they end up actually carrying Terry pretty close to the stage, and she gets to hold hands with the lead Uh, singer. What a cool moment. And on the drive back, they're so on top of the world, singing along to the song. Just the happiest kids. When out of the blue, we see a flash of light. We look over. There's a tractor trailer headed straight for them. And the last thing we see is Paul looking worried at Terry, just like hoping everything's going to be all right. But it's not. It's not. It's never going to be the same again. Fucking horrible. So Terry wakes up in the hospital. She is hooked up to all these monitors. Her mom is at her bedside and her mom immediately starts crying because Terry has finally woken up. Mm -hmm. Terry just says, Paul. And the mom just shakes her head. Devastating. Paul has passed away. Oh my God. Fucking horrible. The way she cries too. I mean, it's Rita Wilson. Yeah. Like she, I mean, phenomenal. Phenomenal actress. And it's just, fucking so sad like i don't think like even the review is like doing it justice just because it's such an intense moment like you yeah have to see it for yourself but it's devastating absolutely so later a doctor is evaluating terry for head trauma and he asks her birthday and her dad just keeps like interrupting and answering the questions for her Mm -hmm. the doctor keeps asking questions he asks her what month it is Terry does know that it's June. Then he flashes the flashlight in her eye to just, you know, do a little test. Mm -hmm. And when the light goes in her eye, she gets a flashback to the accident when Mm -hmm. she saw that light coming towards them before they got hit. And she recoils and turns away. And the dad says, okay, that's enough. That's enough for now. Yeah. The next scene, we kind of get a montage of what happens next. We see the family at Paul's grave. We see them eating in silence. Um, Terry sits with her family in church, and instead of being in the choir, she's just watching them perform. She sees her dad close Paul's bedroom door. Terry checks the mailbox, sees a letter from the Bristol Hellman Summer Intensive. Conservatory, yeah. Yes, conservatory, (laughs) God. So Terry is working a shift at the restaurant when she sits down with Nina and her mom. And that's when her mom pulls out the acceptance letter Mm -hmm. from Bristol Hillman. And she's super excited for Terry and says that Paul would have been so proud of her. Of course. But Terry just shuts it down immediately. She's like, if Paul were here, he'd just get into another screaming match with dad about this. And mom is like, well, do you still want to? And Terry says that she doesn't even want to sing anymore. Uh. And that's when Nina says she doesn't believe that. And to just leave her father to her, she's going to take care of it. So that evening at dinner, Nina asks Simon um, if Terry can stay with her in Palm Desert for the month of August. 
And Simon asks her if she's nuts and then makes a comment about her, like, having guys over. He's like, yeah. will you be alone? And Nina's like, yeah, I'm between guys right now, so we will. Weird. Like, it's a weird, like, why are you slut-shaming your sister moment? It's – yeah. I mean, I guess that's the religious rhetoric yeah. that they inserted yeah. into the movie. I don't yeah. even. They're like, crazy Nina, she dates Having men. sex, yeah. Yeah. So Simon being, you know, his endearing and charming self is like, who's going to help me with the restaurant? And Nina is like, is that really what this issue is? Her, her brother just died. I'm offering her to stay with me, kind of get her mind off something. And you're like, who's going to help me around the restaurant? Terry ends up just leaving the dinner table and Nina follows her outside. And Terry is really upset that Nina is just lying to her father. Yeah. And that's when Nina tells Terry that this is her life and she deserves to live it. And says that when her father was younger, him and his best friend both got football scholarships to go to UCLA. But when graduation was happening, the restaurant was doing really well, but their parents weren't. And he felt like he had to take responsibility of the business because no one else wanted to. Mm -hmm. So he ended up staying in Flagstaff while his friend went off to LA and got caught up in the lifestyle there. So that's why he has this thing with LA. But Nina says she knows that if her dad went to LA, he would have made it. Yeah. And Terry asks what this has to do with her. And Nina's like, <laughs> everything. It's literally why your father is the way that he is, mm -hmm. but says that ultimately it's her decision. Yes. So the next thing we see is Terry um, watching her mom in Paul's bedroom, like oh. sorting through his stuff. And Terry like walks into the room and um, Frances is just like sobbing. Like she tries to like res restrain herself because she sees Terry come mm -hmm. in and she like has to like let out like another sob mm -hmm. in order to even compose herself yeah so they end up sitting down on paul's bed and her mom pulls out paul's cross necklace and says that he would have wanted terry to have this <sighs> yeah it's like his belongings that came in a plastic bag with like his mm -hmm. wallet and terry cries she says that she shouldn't have snuck out with him um, and that she feels just so bad all the time. And her mom hugs her and tells her it's not her fault. Terry says she can't go. She can't lie to dad. It's all too soon. But mom says that she'll tell the truth when the time is right. He'll be mad. But in the end, he'll realize it was the right thing to do. So Terry's like, are you sure? Like, do you know that? And her mom is like, no, I don't know anything. But I just want you to be happy. Then Terry looks over at this picture of her and Paul, and she's like, okay, I'll do it. Yeah, this scene is where I really, really cried. It absolutely it's broke so me. Rita Wilson is, like, so devastated. I wasn't emotionally prepared for mm -hmm. it. But Terry's going. She's going she's to the going. program. Her and her mom get in the car. You know, they tell Dad that Nina's going to pick her up at the train station on the mm -hmm. other end. Dad gives Terry this huge wad of cash, says that if she wants to come home early, just call anytime. They say, I love you. And Terry and her mom drive off. Yes. Um, Frances takes Terry to the station. She gives her a cell phone and tells her to call if she needs anything at all and to conference Aunt Nina in because her father will definitely want to talk to her too. Um, and they embrace each other. 
They hug and they say goodbye. And then we go to Los Angeles, baby. We see a little montage of all the sights, some palm trees. We see like this strip, I guess. I don't know. I really don't know LA, but <laughs> we see it. And that's when Terry arrives at Union Station. She hails a taxi. The driver gets out to help her with her bags, and she puts her jacket down on this, like, ledge, and it immediately gets stolen. Yeah. Welcome to L.A., kid. Yeah, we see more sights of L.A., and I guess in this montage, that means homeless people and sex workers, and they're trying to show us it's the city of sin because this is a religious film. I was surprised they showed those scenes, and I was just like, are you making, like, some sort of commentary I, I don't know what you're trying to say here. Yeah, I think they're trying to be like, oh, it's the big, scary city. Yeah. Be careful and hold on to your morals. So <laughs> she gets dropped off at Bristol Hillman, and she knocks on the door. Nobody answers until finally Mr. J. Corrigan, a.k.a. Oliver James, strolls up. Opens the door and he's like, sorry, we're full up. Immediately closes it in her face. I was like, that's not cute. That's literally annoying. Yeah. Who who wrote that piece? Yeah. Also, where's where's like the security guard or like any teachers I, at this yes. program for children? In the heart of LA. Like what what's going on? Yeah. So she knocks again and he comes back um, and he's like, I feel going to make a habit out of this. And she's like. <laughs> listen, it's late. I'm tired. And his response to that is, what's the password? And I don't, I, I fucking hate when guys are so stupid, so obnoxious. And then they make the girl feel like they're the like crass freaking, you know, <laughs> stick up their butt type person. Like you're yeah, harassing this girl. Ass. Yeah. So inevitably or Terry says, like, she thinks that they got off on the wrong foot and introduces herself. Jade doesn't shake her hand. Mm. Asshole. <laughs> and he's like, my name is Jay. And by the way, the password is monkeys. I I don't like it. Safe to say you are not enchanted by Jay. I am not. I'm giving me Jason Ritter back. <laughs> yeah. So... They walk down the halls of the dorm. He asks what room she's staying in. And that's when Robin strolls up. She puts her hands all up on Jay. Oh and she's like, oh, I sent you out for a snack. And you bring home a stray? Shame. It's like, relax. What? I, <laughs> relax. Just. <laughs> I Everything from that, that first moment to her final performance I do not like about that girl. No, they make her extremely off-putting. Yeah, so much so that at no point did I feel bad for her, even when she feels, like, you know, emotionally distraught. I don't. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. no, go home. <laughs> this is a cut program. <laughs> so she then kisses him on the cheek, and Terry introduces herself, and Robin just goes, uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, why are you being so rude for no reason? You don't yeah. even know this girl. But she's clearly very jealous. So Terry's like, you know what? I got it from here. And she walks away, looking back to see Jay pulling Robin's hand off him. And he's like, what are you doing? 
Carrie makes it to her room. I think it's like 2.13. Bursts open, carrying all of her crap. Um, she knocks some of her roommate's stuff over, ends up waking her up. The roommate is not pleased to see her. No. You can't say they're fast friends. And she's just like, turn off the light. So Terry rushes back to turn off the light before going outside um, and just looking for service so that she can call her father. She ends up on the roof. And before she makes her call, she's just like blown away by the LA skyline. And I remember like watching this and I was like, oh, like just some buildings. And then I was like, for her, she's probably never seen a major city like this in her life before. Yeah, so probably not. It must be like insane for her to see all these skyscrapers. She calls Nina, who is welding a gigantic sculpture. Oh my god! Didn't they? Didn't they like hire a welder to like? Yes. <laughs> teach her. I read on the IMDb that they fucking hired like a welder, and she did like welding lessons and like followed this guy around to get into the mind of a welder. What a waste of money. Yeah, for this one five-second shot of her welding. What the fuck? Something. So, yeah, she she conferences in Nina, and they call Dad. Everyone gets on the phone. Dad mm-hmm. is like, what took you so long? And Nina explains that Terry's train was late. So he asks what they're doing tonight, and they, at the same time, are like, dinner, television. Uh, I mean, television, dinner. <laughs> and... <laughs> Oh my god. It's like we're, we're eating dinner while watching television. <laughs> and so mom asked Harry if she's safe, and she says yes, just tired. And dad tells her to get some sleep and tells Nina not to corrupt his daughter. Okay. Big eye roll. And they all say goodbye. Terry then looks up at the moon and says to Paul, Well, I'm here. I hope you're happy. Ah. Uh. And the next day, Terry goes into this auditorium. She sits next to Denise, who is less than happy to see her. And they listen to this orchestra on the stage. It's like only it's only like four or five people. Yeah, it's a quartet. Okay, it's a quartet. And everyone is dressed in orchestral like blacks, except for <laughs> Mr. Torvald, aka John Corbett. He is, like, peak fucking cool guy teacher, you know. Oh, yeah, I used to be – I used to travel the world when I was your age. (laughs) Playing the cello, Mm -hmm. he plays this, like, orchestral composition, and then he, like, stands up and he puts his bow in his mouth and he, like, freestyles on the cello and he's like, ba-doom-doom-doom-doom. Yeah, he's treating it like an upright bass. Yeah. He finishes his solo and just <laughs> he just drops that cello like a hot potato. Oh my just god! Right out of his hands. <laughs> Didn't you read that he wanted to like smash it? Well, yeah. I watched this interview piece. Yeah. I'll probably post it on our TikTok because it's oh, we so have funny. To. We have to fucking post this. <laughs> he, he sounds. So, I love him. I love him. He sounds so dumb. He's like. Oh, you bought like a $20,000 Yeah, I want to smash it. Well, I think that he would smash the cello. <laughs> he's also wearing a terrible hat while he's saying this. <gasps> and he's wearing like an all-leather outfit. He's wearing something crazy. And I was like, is this what this man is really like? Because he's breaking a lot of illusions. Oh, I hope, I hope not. 
Oh, I can't breathe. Um, yeah, he. It was his idea because he was like, "I want Mr. Tor- Torvald to yeah. be fucking rock and roll. I want him to smash a shell on the ground." And they were like, "Absolutely not." But they did let him throw no. it. <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, he's like a cool guy that just doesn't care," and he flips off the audience. Is like, "Yeah." That was his the vibe he was going oh, for. Oh, yeah. That was his mood board, if you will. Yes. Um, an actor prepares. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah. It's so, still yeah. It's still, I'm <laughs> so caught off guard by this moment. So, yeah, he drops the cello. Of course, the audience bursts into laughter. They're like, we're kids. We've never seen anything like this. <laughs> and Mr. Gantry, a.k.a. James Avery, a.k.a. the dad on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, introduces the musicians as their teachers. And he says something like, most people say, like, as the adage goes, (laughs) those who can't do teach. While at Bristol Hellman Conservatory, we break break those ideas. Mm -hmm. Because look at these teachers. They're all active musicians. Yes. Lena Dunham's crabs went here. (laughs) So he goes on saying that this summer isn't just about learning. It's about testing your limits, experimenting, new experiences, Mm -hmm. and finding your individual voices. He then is like, we do have a curfew. (laughs) Um, There are banned substances. If you are in violation, you will be dismissed immediately. But anyways, (laughs) in three weeks, we will have a showcase. He doesn't talk like that. I don't know why I'm talking like that, but, but it feels right. funny. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, in three weeks, they will have a showcase mm-hmm. where all students will perform and compete for a $10,000 music education scholarship. Yes. And to put that into perspective, uh, $10,000 would cover about a fifth of your NYU tuition for one year. Yeah. <laughs> Less than a whole year of residence. Yes. Less than one year of, of what you will have to pay to live in the mandatory on-campus housing. Yes, exactly. Hope you don't want to go there. <laughs> yeah, so save your money, go somewhere else. And then he tells them all to get lost. Woo. This Los Angeles, baby. Get lost. <laughs> <laughs> so who should Terry have for class but Mr. Torvald and his Oh my god, I can't even his cutoff flannel yeah, vest. His, exactly, and his long flowing locks. He's like, take a seat. We have three weeks to learn an incredibly complex choral piece that we're never gonna get. It's never going to happen, but we're gonna give it the old college try. There are only five solos in the ensemble, and we will hand them out in two weeks. Yeah, it's it's this pretty spot on impression of what I think. Yeah, that's really good. I was I was so distracted because it was so good. Oh my god! And he says that the piece will drive them nuts. He's like, it's gonna drive you crazy, but when you finish it, it'll feel good. I can't stand it. When he's talking about giving out the solos, he's like, "How is that gonna be picked? Depending on your participation, attendance." And je ne sais quoi, or if you don't speak French, ooh. I was like, what? John, John, why'd you take the role, bud? There had to be something else better for you. See, my toxic trait is that I still love him. Oh, my God. 
I still would probably be interested in dating someone like Mr. Torvald, unfortunately for me. Yeah, you have to do to do the TikTok where it's like, oh, you liked this guy from the movie. Yes. Yes, the, the age appropriate, appropriate <laughs> conventionally attractive. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to do that. Yes. <sighs> so after um after this, we go to lunch. Mm-hmm. Everyone's eating in the courtyard. Jay and a bunch of other musicians are jamming. They're freestyling. Mm-hmm. And that's when Robin and her little friend come over. She's like, oh, sick hook, Jay. And he's like, pick it up if you can. And so they're like hopping and they just go, ooh, 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 yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And like that's it. It's they so fucking contributed so annoying. little. <laughs> so little. If you went to Berkeley, I imagine this is exactly what it was like. I should ask my brother. My brother went to Berkeley. I should just ask yeah. him. But oh, I should ask my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> no, I shouldn't. I absolutely shouldn't. <laughs> Perhaps not. <laughs> That's gonna be a no from me. <laughs> oh my god! We know too many people who went to Berkeley. Oh, we do. And, and by that, I mean three. <laughs> well, actually, I know. I know. Too, I know far too many because I know more. Mm-hmm. Great school, though. Yeah, for music, absolutely. I did hear though. That you don't want to graduate from Berkeley. You want to be signed before graduation. It, de- it depends like what you're trying to do. Yeah. yeah. Like if you're trying to be like a like a rock star or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, most people drop out. But Charlie Puth, who is like – TikTok's number one music of, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he graduated. He was like, yeah, I'm one of the only fucking wow. people that <laughs> – actually graduated worked out for him i used to think he was really hot and then i started watching his tiktoks and i'm like the way you talk about things you know makes me feel like if i went on a date with you you'd be like oh did you hear that i'd be like uh what and he'd be like oh those glasses clinking uh b flat yeah that was a b flat (laughs) i did see a tiktok of somebody who like was friends with him and basically said that he would do that like one time two cars like honked at the same time he was like oh like the two notes like it was this was a shot and <laughs> type of thing oh my god but anyways back at bristol hillman mm-hmm. while this jam is happening that's when terry sees cat dennings Whoa. aka sloan sitting alone and asks to sit with her sloan immediately uh gets up and i was like sloan you don't have any friends either yeah and jay and terry smile at each other from across the courtyard mm. And Robin is livid. She's upset. So Terry has her music theory class. It's this um, Russian music teacher that's teaching her, Mr. Wesson. And the first thing he does is like play a note and ask her to identify it. Terry's like, a B. But he's like, no, it's a B flat. Wait, let me get my Russian accent. No, it's to be flat. What does he say? You're going to, we're going to be doing a lot of air training and theory over the summer <laughs> and in your individual studies. And he just tells her that like she needs to be able to sight read and know notes by ear in order to be a singer. But like not, not everybody has perfect pitch. Most people don't. Like you can yeah. have relative pitch, but that's like a hard thing to do. Yeah, over three weeks. I don't weeks. know how he plans on teaching these 16-year-olds. <laughs> I was also weeks. like, I don't know if it's this part or if it's later on that she has to sight read in Latin. Oh. What? Well, no, I think it, I'm pretty sure it's Italian. Italian. We'll Italian. get to that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I have I have a story about that. Okay, <laughs> we'll get to it. Um, so after class, Terry is walking down the steps when she accidentally trips over this guy Kiwi who has all of his electronic music equipment with him, and you know they apologize to each other and she keeps going. But Kiwi goes back to his little equipment and he is freaking stoked about the fact that he recorded her little squeal on his his machine equipment. And that's when he notices Sloan walk by immediately smitten kitten. He's in love Mm -hmm. with her. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's on site. Yes. Terry goes back to her dorm. She tries to say hi to Denise, but there's like clearly a lot of tension there. So Terry's mm-hmm. like, hey, should I ask to switch rooms? I feel like I'm bothering you, which is why I think she's like a bold gal. I'm like, mm. I would not have said anything. I would have been like, oh. Yeah, I would just suffer in silence. Why don't I go fuck myself? <laughs> so <laughs> Denise does tell her that it isn't her. She's really just here for the scholarship. Like she's not trying to get caught up in any friendships. It's nothing personal. She's just focused. So then the next day, we're back in Torvald's class. We have the first, like, weird flirty moment between Robin and Mr. Torvald, which I really don't like. It is really flirtatious. So Robin's like, oh, my God, Mr. Torvald, those exercises you gave me last summer really helped. And I'm really gunning for a solo this year. And he's like, that's awesome. Like, love to see it. And they do this, like, weird little, like, like secret little twiddle handshake i hate everything that i'm seeing it's too much for me so the class then starts working on the hallelujah arrangement Mm -hmm. someone gets a little pitchy so he stops them and terry's like sorry that was me and he's like what's your name she says terry he's like ah yes the girl from the DVD. Who? What DVD? What DVD? What? Who? DVD? Who? Me? And he tells her that the theme emerges from the harmony. He tells Robin, great job. And then they go back to singing the piece. Mm-hmm. Terry busts into her private class with Mr. Wesson late. And he's like, it was your time that was wasted. I keep going to an Irish accent. I don't know what that's about. And then he's like... <laughs> Stand up and sight read. And (laughs) we get a glimpse of like the fucking Italian that he's thrown in front of her to sight read. Is this what you have the story about? Yeah, this literally happened to me. Um, Oh my God. (laughs) So when I was in high school, I was in, when I was in uh, grade 11, I was, um, you know, getting all of my applications ready. You know, I knew that I wanted to study theater and my parents were like, okay, like maybe you should take a singing class, like take a voice class or something. Yeah. I was like, okay. So I took a voice class that was recommended to me by my friend Lauren, who was an amazing, like operatic, like insanely talented, like classically trained singer. Mm -hmm. It was her voice teacher. And I even had to audition for this voice teacher before she would even- Wow. It was like intense. This Russian lady named Natasha. Mm -hmm. And- on the second class I had with her, I had not ever sung in front of people at this point, like by myself, and didn't know how to read a lick of music. She just gave me an Italian song and had me sight read. Yikes. Didn't even give me the fucking starting note. Yikes. I was like, she didn't even go. So I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying to like sing in Italian, and I'm like, 
the note goes up on the page. So that means my voice goes up, I guess. <laughs> but I knew absolutely nothing. And it was horrifying. <laughs> it was it was a little traumatic for me. Um, what did she do after that? Well, then she would like, when I couldn't figure out what note it was, she would then give me the guide me- melody, but only like one note at a time. So I'm like, Santa Lucia. Pasta pizza. I don't remember how it went yeah. at all, but it was Italian and it was really hard. Um, and it was also like a hard song to sing. Yeah. So this can happen to you, children, if you have a Russian music teacher. It can happen. <laughs> I do just want to say in the, in a similar but not it's the mm-hmm. same vein, I also applied, you know, performing arts colleges and mm-hmm. some required a song. Luckily, NYU did not. And I think that was one yeah. of the major reasons I got in. <laughs> and I was like, well, I have to like practice, but like my parents couldn't afford to like send me to, to take class or whatever. But um, luckily – the music teacher at our school agreed to like work with me before class and after class. So we like did a couple sessions together. I am deathly afraid of singing in front of people. Yeah. Christina knows (laughs) I am (laughs) deathly afraid of it. And what did my dumbass pick at the local music store? I was like, Hmm, you know, what, what could I do? Like, what could I maybe suits my voice? Oh, I know. Send in the clowns. Where are the clowns? Send in the clowns. I said, I'm going to sing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to sing an easy number. Send in the clowns. I'd love to hear a rendition someday. Send in the clowns. Holy shit. Yeah. The trauma, the trauma of singing is <laughs> never ending. Yeah. I mean, I love to sing now. I, you know, sang in, in college and I had some great voice teachers that mm-hmm. helped me sing in front of people. But my God, it was rough going. Yeah. I would say even the amount that I sing now, mm-hmm. which is like exclusively to myself and occasionally yeah. in front of Phil Oh, and I, I did sing like drunken karaoke with my coworkers. Mm-hmm. Even that, I'm like, I'm eons far ahead from when I started college. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've had voice teachers before say the reason why people get so afraid of singing is because it is like the most personal. It's like your voice. Absolutely. It's the most personal thing you can possibly mm-hmm. share. There's also so much like you use a lot of breath and like mm-hmm. the force you have to use to push the breath out of your body mm-hmm. and be loud, which I think is like the biggest part. Like if you're not used to being loud, taking up space, it'll be incredibly hard for you to sing. Absolutely. And that's on the actor studio with Christina <laughs> and Mariah. <laughs> oh my gosh. DM us for college audition tips. <laughs> this episode is truly like us at our most annoying. <laughs> And then we sat on the floor and shared our feelings in college. <laughs> oh, oh God. So, yeah, she does this very intimidated. He gives her the starting note, and he's like, support with your diaphragm. And she is uh, literally, like, going off time. There's a metronome 
right there is not matching Bugged up. the shit out of me. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he's like, air goes in, diaphragm goes out. It's okay to look fat. It's true. Props. Props to you, Russian teacher. So after this, Terry is walking the halls in every room. Different people are like jamming together. She thinks she finds an empty practice room. It's not. Sloan is in there mm. fucking hammering away at this grand piano. Having a real Vanessa Carlton moment there. <laughs> so the next day, Terry sits with Kiwi at lunch, sees him looking at Sloan again, and he like presses play on his boombox and the song starts playing it's like a beat and then it says she doesn't even know she doesn't even know like <laughs> blasting brother oh yeah and sloan like gets up and walks away yeah i think because some at some point earlier he's like i'm in love with her and she doesn't even know mm-hmm. so he uses his mm-hmm. own little like voice sample she doesn't even know <laughs> so weird so terry then is walking in the streets of Los Angeles and she sees a church. Yeah. She goes in, she listens to a sermon, she prays, she steps outside and she sees a, a little penny on the ground. So she turns it over so it's face up. Mm-hmm. And that's when Jay oh. saunters over and he's like, <laughs> you're a total weirdo. <laughs> and she's like, Well, no, the penny isn't lucky unless it's face up. Mm -hmm. And he says, well, now it's just a penny that thinks it's lucky. But she points out that it'll be lucky for someone else. Besides, haven't you ever heard of making your own luck? Whoa. And so he picks up the penny and he's like, well, what do you know? A lucky penny. How cheeky. Very flirtatious. So there's a little Terry and Jay moment. Jay just gets right into it. He's like, my parents had a nasty divorce. <laughs> I don't like him in this movie. He says that his parents had a really bad divorce, so they had to put an ocean between them. Who talks like that? No one. No. No one talks like that. And that's how he ended up in L.A. And he says that music became his religion and kept him sane. Then they come across some buskers in the square And he's like, I can't think of a better way to spend my life than making music for people. He asks about her life. Actually, before this, she does say, oh, so music is like your higher power. (laughs) Again, what? Christian music project (laughs) at it again. So she's like starting to tell him about Paul. She's like really apprehensive to reveal anything about herself. Like, she's like, Paul was hit by a drunk driver. And then Denise is like, Terry. And calls over to her. And immediately, Jay is like, gotta run. Bye. Yeah, gotta blast. Yeah. What is that? Whoa. Did he miss the part where she said, my brother was hit by a drunk driver? My brother got hit by a drunk driver. See ya. Like, what? Peace. (laughs) Bye-bye. So weird. Oh, my gosh. So Denise and Terry walk away together i guess and denise tells her that jay likes to hit on nice girls and like she totally has a lock on that and she basically says that terry is like a retro brady buncher like a goody two-shoes situation Mm. and then hillary duff oh (laughs) goes my god i remember this and i was like denise 
I hope they are paying you well. I hope yeah. they are fucking paying you well. I'm not even going to do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Is someone going to cancel me? Yeah. I'm simply restating this horrendous <laughs> scene. Yeah. Denise is like, oh, you're basically um, a retro Brady Buncher. And <laughs> Terry has the audacity to go, shoot, I'm not even trying to hear that. And when I say I, get, I did this, like, I toned this down for you. Yeah, it was worse in the <laughs> in the movie. Shoot. Mm-hmm. I'm not even trying to do that. Like, <laughs> really? <laughs> Fucking awful. If you've ever seen the Nicole Byer do the sketch where they bring her in and she the, the casting directors go, I need you to be blacker. And she's like, you get a clam, you get a clam, you get a clam. Yeah, it's like somebody went up to Hillary Jeff and were like, can you do it like a little more urban mm-hmm. or something like that? Like, fuck. Oh, God. It's absolutely it's- cringe. Cringe, cringe. Yeah. So moving swiftly along, <laughs> they go into the train station, and that's when Denise pulls out her violin and like this distorter loop pedal thing yeah. and starts playing this like really cool stylized like violin piece. Um, it sounds dope, especially with like the echo in the train yeah, station. Yeah, sounds awesome. And that's when Terry gets a phone call, so she runs outside to answer. It's her mom, and her mom's like, "Hi, sweetie, Dad wants to talk to you." So he gets on the phone and asks how things are going, but he can hear like sirens in the background. He's like, "What? What's going on? Like, are you are you in the street? What's happening?" And Terry's just like. Oh, yeah, it's just the neighbor's alarm. It keeps going off. They're out of town. Anyways, I got to go call the police and deal with it. Bye. And hangs up. So smooth. obviously the alarms are going off in Mr. Fletcher's head Yeah, right now. Ooh, parallel, parallel. Mm. Torvald's class. Terry is trying the solo line in Hallelujah with her group, but she stumbles on some high notes and Robin fucking puts her on blah, 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 blast <laughs> and says that some of us need to practice more outside of class. So Mr. Torval dismisses the class and asks Terry to stay behind. And he's like, I'm trying to figure it out. What happened to her? And Terry's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and he's like, you know, what did she do with that lively, funny, talented girl on the DVD? And Terry's like, I sent in my application with a CD. <laughs> a CD is different from a DVD. <laughs> and he was like, no, you sent in a DVD. <laughs> it was late. We almost didn't see it, but it's a big part of why you got accepted. I have it here for you to show you. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So they sit down. He puts this DVD on for her. The first shot is literally Paul speaking direct to camera. Pretty bold of him to send this. Yeah. Um, So he says that Terry is his favorite person in the world. She loves a challenge. She thrives when she's pushed. And she deserves a chance to learn from the best. Mm -hmm. And then we see like all the footage of Terry performing at home and like in choir and different, you know, shots of her that he took. And it's very sweet. It's, like, adorable, this whole video. But you're telling me that this girl got into Bristol Hillman (laughs) Music Conservatory with a video of her singing into a hairbrush? Looking in the mirror, having, like, a fake (laughs) music video. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No. But we suspend our disbelief. Mm -hmm. 
we see this whole video. Terry is crying. I did tear up a little bit because it was really sad seeing all like the footage of Paul yeah. and her together. And um, she ends up running out of the room and down the halls. She runs past Jay and he asks if she's okay. But Robin is like, oh, it's probably just some weirdo misfit thing. Yeah. Fucking rude. And Jay runs after Terry. Terry gets to her dorm room. Jay still running after her. I don't know what I'm saying right now. <laughs> Terry makes it back to her dorm room and starts just packing up her stuff, like armfuls of clothing, shoving shit off her dresser, just like packing it up, like doesn't even give mm-hmm. a fuck. In the process, she breaks Paul's cross necklace oh. and she like just falls on the ground and like sobs and's like heartbroken. So Jay stands in the doorway. Terry's like, the show's over. You can go now. And he says that whatever it is, she can't leave. And she asks him what he's doing here. And Jay is just like, let's get out of here. The bag isn't walking away. Yeah, she asks him how she knows he won't walk away. What a weird. Well, pretty what? crazy way to shift from mourning to are we flirting? Are we not flirting? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they go to the pier. And we see Terry telling Jay all about the accident and that the moment she feels like she's enjoying herself, she hears Paul's voice in her head and she wonders how she can have fun when he's not here. And that's when she reveals that she blames herself for Paul's death because she's the one who made them sneak out. But Jay says that it wasn't her fault. It was the drunk driver and it was just bad luck. And I feel like I'd be kind of pissed if somebody called like the death of my family member bad luck. Seems like a it's weird like yeah thing to say. I think that's one of my qualms with the movie is like they just don't seem to deal with this topic well. Like if you're gonna do it, do it. Yeah. Don't like do this half-assed weird type of thing. Absolutely. So they end up walking along the beach and Jay tells Terry that backing down can become a way of life mm-hmm. and she just needs to forget about the scholarship and the pressure and just get what she came here for because yeah. that's what counts. And she says that she had to lie to get here, but he says that it's not supposed to be easy. Um, she did what she had to do to like make her dreams come true essentially. And Terry asks why he cares so much. He reveals that he likes her. Because I like you. Of course. And immediately, next question is, so what's happening between you and Robin? Robin schmobbin, he sees. (laughs) So ridiculous. And he's like, well, we got together last summer, but it's so over. And Terry asks him if Robin knows that because it looks like she doesn't. Yep. And he's like, some people hang on when they should just let go. And I'm like, okay, that is sure, an answer. That yeah, did you fucking <laughs> tell her that you don't want to be with her? Like, did you ghost her? Like, did you it sounds like you screwed this girl over. And yeah. and also Denise is like, oh yeah, he's flirting. He flirts as his thing. Yeah, I like Jay a lot less in this watch through than I ever have. Um what's his name in What a Girl Wants? Ian? Ian and wait. Ian Wallace. That sounds correct. Ian Wallace is the is the superior uh, 2000s man. Absolutely. So after this, we go back to Mr. Torvald's class. Robin's friend is trying to do the solo. She can't do it. And that's when Terry gets up to try it. 
I can't, <laughs> I cannot deal with this moment. The most insane vocal patch job I have ever seen. Four different voices. <laughs> la, la. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, what? <laughs> it's so fucking funny. It's so cringe. And I had to go back because I, I couldn't hear exactly what was said. And so I tried to go back like 20 seconds. It took me back like a full fucking minute. And I had to listen to her do it again. And it was. Even worse the second time. <laughs> it's so wild. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, um, but everyone's like, yeah, all right. Totally. Yeah, she made it her Great own. Job. Cool. <laughs> and um, Torvald gives Terry the top vocal line. Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, I did not see that coming uh, from that performance. <laughs> no. <laughs> so Terry does her next class with Wesson. Um, and he hands her some easier sheet music. He's like, maybe we could try something new. And Terry looks at it, but she says that she wants to try the original song again. She's feeling a lot better today. And they give the old song a try. And Tori, Tori, it's, it's victorious. <laughs> Terry does a good job. She sings it beautifully. But it is not in time, which makes me <laughs> ill. Um, but it's fine. <laughs> Clearly, the metronome was put in in post, so I don't hold it against Hillary. Next up, we see Jay in the auditorium by himself. He's playing the piano. He's singing a little song. You and me, can't you see how our hearts are one? Bad. Big time boy band vibes I'm getting from this song. Yeah. And um, Terry is lurking. She's listening to him play. He finally notices her. She says that, you know, she heard him playing outside and he starts to pack up his stuff. But she tells him not to stop. Keep playing. Mm -hmm. But he brushes it off and says that he's weird when he's writing because he thinks his lyrics sound really lame when he sings them. And they are lame. They're really bad. He's not wrong. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, he just wants them to mean something more. What happened to the beautiful Ian Wallace song? Yeah. That was some good shit. They should have just made – just brought that character back. I know. I agree. It seems like like you can really tell if they did or didn't curate songs – well enough for a movie that includes music. Yeah. I would say this movie does not excel in the songs that they come up with. Yeah. So Terry is like, well, I've been writing since I was a kid, but my arrangements sound like some cheesy Saturday morning cartoon. And Terry asks Jay to replay his arrangement. And he's hesitant, so she gives him the same advice that he gave her. And he just agrees to do it. He starts playing... She tells him that she likes the music a lot, and she makes some notes on his music sheets. They're like collaborators. They're lovers, collaborators. She's like, I like the music. The lyrics are garbage, though, so we're going to change those. (laughs) So then at lunch, Kiwi sits with Jay and Terry, who are getting mighty close, 
And he says that there's a hole in his chest because of Sloane. Wow. And Terry asks if Kiwi has even spoken to her, and he's like, absolutely not. So she offers to introduce them. She decides to bother Sloane while she is practicing. (laughs) So Terry knocks on the door, walks in. She says she knows that they don't have class together, but she just wanted to introduce herself and, like, pretty blatantly tells her that Kiwi has a crush on her. Oh, yeah. Like, she's not sly at all. Sloane is like, why would you have a crush on me? That's stupid. Yeah. That's dumb. I'm like, because you look like Kat Dennings. <laughs> yeah. You look like Kat Dennings. Crazy. So Terry's like, why don't you come out with us Saturday night? We're going to hang out, get a bite to eat. Uh, just think about it. You know, meet us there if you want to go. So then Denise and Terry chat a little about Jay, and Denise asks if things are over with Jay and Robin then. Terry's like, yeah, Jay told me that it's totally over. I'm like, no, he didn't. No, he didn't, because he's a snake. He's a snake. And um, that's when Terry compliments Denise's top, and she's like, oh, yeah, I got it for my mom's funky little boutique. It's such a cute store, but I just wish that business was better. Because, you know, even with me bagging groceries part-time, it was still a really big struggle for us to pay my tuition to come here. Yeah. And that's why she's all about the scholarship. Yes. And what's happening in Flagstaff, Arizona, you might ask? Well, Mrs. Fletcher walks into the house and sees a note from Simon saying, I'm going to Nina's to check up on Terry. Just a little surprise visit from your old man. Yeah. How many hours does he have to drive? Like, she took a train. Uh, it's probably not that far. It's probably, like, because Palm Desert is what? Where is that? I have no idea. I don't know the West Coast at all. Let me see. Because it's in California, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's in California. And, I mean, Arizona to California, not terrible. Oh, wow. Palm Desert, you know it's there? Fucking Coachella, baby. Oh. Oh, there we go. So, yeah, he's like impromptu visit. Gotta love dad. Ha, ha, ha. And immediately uh, Nina calls Terry. She's like, your father is on his way here. I will try to stall as long as possible, but you need to get here ASAP. So Terry catches a ride to the train station from Jay in that convertible. In that convertible and on a train, Mr. Fletcher, Simon, Terry's dad, whatever you want to call him. He gets to Palm Desert. Nina is shaken in her boots in her studio as she sees Simon pull up. He comes in. He's like, where's Terry? Where's my daughter? And Nina's like, actually, there's something I want to talk to you about. Um, um, um. And thank God, Terry runs up from the back door. Mm. Daddy, oh my God. And hugs him. Daddy. Daddy. (laughs) Made it just in time. Yes, so... Saturday night rolls around, and Jay and Kiwi are waiting in the lobby for the girls. Kiwi is having a mini meltdown, and Jay is just like, chill out, bro. Like, they're going to be here. <laughs> That's what I imagine. And Sloan comes downstairs in a gown corset, talking floor-length fucking taffeta. Long sleeve. It is. Yeah. It's a bold choice. Morticia vibes on site. <laughs> so she takes one look at Kiwi and's like, damn it. 
and turns around, but Kiwi chases after her. Oh my god, I would be destroyed. <laughs> I would freak the fuck out. I would be so upset. If like, a guy that I was in love with, like, agreed to go on a date with me, saw me and went, damn it, and walked away, I don't think I would recover. <laughs> and so um, he just chased her down and, like, she stays for a moment. Terry shows up in the nick of time and she's like, oh my god, Sloane, you look great, let's go. Like, there's that Hillary Duff charm. Of course. So they go on this double date, and Terry brings them to watch Denise perform by this fountain. Terry then gives her some sheet music, and the two of them perform the way you do the things you do. Mm-hmm. Everyone joins in. The crowd really loves it. Everyone's having a great time. Denise is making that money. We see a little montage. For some reason, a mime comes over with sparklers. Very weird. Weird. (laughs) Um, But they're all having a good time. Even Sloane cracks a few smiles. So, successful evening. Yes. At the end of the night, Terry and Jay go up to the roof. They look out, admire the view of LA. And she says that she comes up here to think. If he plays his cards right, she'll share it with him. So that's how they're flirting. <laughs> and she asks what he thinks about, because I guess he's like, you know, I, I want to come up here to think about stuff too. She's like, there's nothing going on up there. What are you thinking about? <laughs> nothing but frosted tips up there, my guy. <laughs> that bleach has burned holes through your brain. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, he's just like, my dreams, my music. <laughs> The future, do I have one? And the sax player below starts playing What a Wonderful World. Okay. And they slow dance. They are just about to kiss, but Terry turns away. She's like, hold on, I'm I'm not ready. And he's like, that's cool. Yeah, so she tells him that she likes him a lot. And he's like, I really like you too. And they continue to dance, and he says that he's been thinking about the song they were working on the other day, and that they should perform it at the showcase together and split the scholarship, because they can really write something meaningful. Trying to glom onto her talent, because his song sucks. 100%. I don't think he has bad motives, but I just don't like him. (laughs) She agrees and asks if he wants to try that again so he leans in and they have a little little make out session on the roof <laughs> on the roof then <laughs> so the next day terry and jay walk down the hall hand in hand all coupled up i'm like this mm. is a three-week program um <laughs> but ramen is out for blood she yeah. might kill her then we get a little montage of jay and terry practicing their song you know, working on writing music, playing the grand piano. A lot of grand pianos in this place. Yeah. One night, Terry, Jay, Denise, and Kiwi all go to open mic night at the Blue Moon. So Jay ends up signing them up to perform. Terry is really freaked, but he's like, we have to do it sometime. So they get up on stage, Jay sits at the piano, and Terry takes the mic, but she's like, super nervous she's not even facing the crowd she's just looking directly at jay yeah and he's like turn around so eventually he's like not sympathetic he's like can you turn around (laughs) stop fucking staring at me 
So <laughs> she does finally face the crowd, but she can barely even sing like the first line. Yeah. And she ends up looking into this huge spotlight and has a flashback to her accident with Paul. So she runs off stage and Jay follows her outside. Mm-hmm. He asks, what's up? And she tells him, like, I, I saw, <sighs> I just, I wasn't ready. <laughs> I just wasn't ready. So Jay says that's totally fine. And he reaches into his pocket and pulls out Paul's cross necklace. He fixed it for her, which is very nice. It's kind. Although a little bit much for someone that you <laughs> barely know and you've oh my known God. for one week. Like, I don't know. Feels a little too fast too soon. A for little me. bit much. <laughs> a little bit much bruv yeah yeah next morning terry wakes up and just feels really out of it mr torvald leads the class and he's like all right i want to go over solos has anyone seen terry terry's nowhere to be found and robin's like i can sing the solo instead and insists she knows the Mm. solo backwards and forwards and she's like terry can't sing it anyway rude and mr torvald is like Terry has worked hard for this and she deserves it. And Robin's like, I worked hard. I deserve the solo. And just storms over to the door, tells Mr. Torvald that it looks like he has a new favorite. There's something going on Mm -mm. with Robin and Torvald. Yeah. Man is going to catch a charge because – Catch a charge. (laughs) I was actually looking at the California age of consent today, which is 18. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about – the album Sour. Ah. Uh, and there are just some dots that do not connect. Well, they dated in Utah. Oh. Because that's where they film High School Musical, the musical, the series. That's the tea. That's the tea. And she was 17? She was 16 when they met. Okay. And how old? She was 17 when they broke up. I don't know how – it's unclear how long they were together for. This is Olivia Rodrigo and Joshua Bassett for anyone who's not <laughs> how dialed How old in. is Joshua Bassett? When they met, he would have been 19. He's 21 now. 20? 21? So he's three or four years older than her? He's three years older than her. Oh, okay. So it would be like a freshman-senior relationship if they were in high school, for example. Something like that. But I don't know what the age of consent is in Utah. Neither do I. Neither do I. Mm. But yeah, this this Robin Torvald thing is weird. Like, looks like you have a new favorite now. Like, ooh. very weird. And like, when did you come up with that little handshake? It's all too much. It's all yeah, too much. So after class, Jay sees Robin sobbing and like banging on the vending machine in the hallway. Traumatic. She's like, damn it, damn it, damn. It. It's like, okay, <laughs> let's dial it back. So he asks her what's wrong. And she cries and she's like, I don't understand how things were so great last summer and they just turned to crap the next. And he's like, I'm sorry. And so she <laughs> asks sorry. if they can talk. <laughs> yeah. I'm just a boy. Rut row. So she asks if they can talk privately and they walk off together. And cut back to Mr. Torvald. Terry apologizes to him for missing class. And he's like, well, are you feeling better? Because if you missed my class, you must be deathly ill. And it's too bad because we were going to work on your solo today. And Terry is like, you know what? I don't think I'm ready for a solo. 
And he's like, you are, look how much you improved. And he's like, there are so many other students who are desperate, literally yeah, desperate. Literally throwing tantrums in my classroom. Mm -hmm. Banging their head against a Coca-Cola brand vending machine. (laughs) Um, So if she doesn't care about the work, what's she doing here? And I think you told me this like quote or something like from a, a TikTok maybe of like, Terry worked so hard not to be there. Oh, it was a it was a letterbox review that oh, was like yeah. Terry keeps trying to tell people how mediocre she is and no one will believe her. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Just hit the nail on the head. Absolutely. Truly. Shout out to that letterbox user. <laughs> so then we cut to I almost said Ian, Jesus, Jay and Robin. In the practice room, mm-hmm. Robin is like, this is ridiculous. You're supposed to be with me. And then she sits down at the piano and just starts like, like, so weird. You're in the middle of a fit, but she starts playing. Yeah, but she like does a couple chords just like while they're talking. And he says that Wretched. worst thing. <laughs> and he says that worst things have happened. And she's like, yeah, but not to me. I always get my way. And she's like, oops. Is that a bad thing to say? And he's like, yeah, a little. The worst kind of person. And then she goes, well, I thought you liked bad. After all, we had a lot of fun last summer. And he's like, well, I'm not the same person I was last summer. And she's like, neither am I. But maybe we can be those people again. I'm like, dude, (laughs) walk away. If you're not trying to do this. It's embarrassing. Either diffuse the situation or make a clear boundary or walk away. Yeah, absolutely. I don't understand the thought process here. So, yeah. uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. Terry is looking <laughs> for Jay. Of course. And Kiwi's like, oh, I don't know. I think he was heading to the practice room. So where does Terry go? To the practice room. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Robin is telling Jay that the problem isn't that she's bad, but that she can be badder. And then she kisses him, which he – I like was watching very closely because I was wondering mm. if it was like forced and it seemed like the kiss was mutual. She moved towards him very slowly. It's not like it was Yeah. You couldn't see it coming. Like <laughs> like you know what she was doing. Absolutely, absolutely. And even if you didn't, like, why did you even stick around that long? So um Terry walks in and obviously sees them, slams the door, has another dramatic moment. Jay runs after her, tries to grab her to stop her so that he can explain. And Terry <laughs> fucking pushes him down. <laughs> she throws him to the ground. Throws his ass on the concrete. Like Mr. Torvald threw that cello. <laughs> oh, uh, an amazing side-by-side <laughs> image. Drop it like it's hot. And she just yeah. runs off. And Robin calls after Jay. And he's like, stay away from me. <laughs> Yeah, so Terry runs back to her room. I think this is like the second time she starts packing all of her shit. Seriously, it is. I don't know. It happens a lot. But she starts ripping out all of like their songwriting notes in her notebook. And (sighs) in a very dramatic montage, she goes to the beach. She walks around. She holds Paul's necklace. She's looking for answers. Another montage she focuses on her music. She avoids Jay. She practices. She prays. 
Jay tries to write a new song, but he can't. He's he's writer's block. It's not the same without her. So then sometime it's after dark, it's nighttime, Terry is sitting alone on the steps, and Mr. Torvald goes up to her and he apologizes for being too harsh on her. Which I think that he was quite reasonable. Yeah, I don't think he was harsh at her all. Her missing class. Yeah. And he says that he just wants her to know that he's here to talk if she needs it. Mm -hmm. So she asks if he's ever lost someone. He says yes. And she says that she just can't let it go. I mean, of of course, your brother died months ago. You should – Yes, very recently actually. It's August. Your your brother probably passed away in June. Yeah. So Mr. Torvald said that they're artists. They feel differently. (laughs) But (laughs) – which is shit that people used to say to us when we were in oh, university. You, peop- you you feel differently as artists. Yeah, that's why no one can stand being around us. Yeah. No one likes us. Yeah. That's why we're only friends with other people like Exactly. Us. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So he says that she needs to take what she's feeling and turn it into art. What should happen next? But Jay – Getting fucking blasted and knocking <laughs> on Terry's door, drunk, and he's like, "I did it! I didn't kiss Robin." He's having a really big like confessions of a teenage drama queen moment. <laughs> What's his name? Um, Stu Wolf. Stu. Life's Wolf. little foggy, little, little soggy. <laughs> so yeah, he's like, "She kissed me," and. <laughs> Terry's like, why would you drink? And he's like, I'm worthless. We remember again, this is a religious film. I would have left him there. I would have left him there. And Denise tells Terry that she needs – Terry – Denise is the only one with a head on her shoulders. Yeah, absolutely. She's like, you got to get him out of here. Terry is like, I'll never get him past the night guard. So where does she take a drunk man? To the roof. Sure. Okay. (laughs) So they go up to the roof. Jay is fucking drunk and disorderly all over the place. And Denise is like, I'm going back to sleep. Um, Goodbye, you hooligans. They slump him against like this little half wall. And the way that he was sleeping, I'm like, your neck is going to be fucked for the rest of your life from the way you were sleeping right, against like, this ledge. Uh, he's yeah. like, oh, God. A chiropractor's nightmare. <laughs> but Terry stays up on the roof with him all night. Hillary Duff's fly plays, which literally at first fly. during the intro, I did think was a Linkin Park song. And now I can't unhear it. Fly. <laughs> I don't know what's going But the sun rises. Yes. She wakes Jay up and tells him it's the morning. Good morning. <laughs> morning. And he tells her that he's really sorry. And she's like, save it. You're not forgiven yet. But he obviously yet. is. And uh, <laughs> she helps him up. <laughs> Back home, Simon is like – in their house, just screaming, Francis, Francis, Where where's the car keys? <laughs> With his fucking toothpick in like his mouth. He has like six toothpicks in his mouth. <laughs> There's toothpicks flying everywhere. <laughs> and uh, oh my gosh. 
he goes into her purse and finds the invitation to the final showcase at Bristol Hillman Music Conservatory, okay? Oh, my God. So back at Bristol Hillman, Jay and Terry go back to working on their song for the showcase, All is Forgiven, mm-hmm. and she shows him some of the new lyrics she wrote. And, you know, they're trying to play the song, but Terry keeps getting in her head. She's like, a little slower, a little faster. Like, she cannot even make it past the first line. She just keeps singing, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, like, over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. He's like, it sounds fine, but she says that fine isn't good enough, and she's not going to stop until she gets it right. And then we get a whole montage of, it doesn't matter, it doesn't doesn't matter matter what people say. (laughs) Out of all the songs on her discography at this point mm-hmm. that she could have performed in the mu- the movie. I cannot believe that they picked that one. I do like Someone's Watching Over Me because, like, I would sing it all the time as a kid and just, like, cry because of this movie because <laughs> I was dramatic. <laughs> but <laughs> you're, like, in the car, like, as a 13-year-old thinking about – Fucking Jason Ritter getting smashed by a tractor. <laughs> Eight years old. Like, no one it doesn't get <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, so back at home, dad is pissed that mom lied, Nina lied, Terry lied this whole time. Francis tries to explain that Terry wanted to go and Paul really wanted her to go. You know, she's singing again. And she asks him why that doesn't matter to him. So he's like, what is wrong with you? And she tells him that they lost their son and they were losing their daughter too, but she's not going to let that happen. Yeah. So he says that Terry's just a child and he can't protect her if she's not here and he wants her home immediately. Once again, Rita Wilson is great. Yeah, perpetually. Always making me cry. So then back – at Bristol Hillman, Sloane is rehearsing in the practice room, doing her piano thing. Meanwhile, Kiwi is in the practice room next door. This is a random scene. Yeah. Hitting every single surface humanly possible, just banging on everything. Sloane tries to, like, drown him out with her piano, but it's so fucking loud that she busts out of the room, barges into his practice room, and starts yelling at him to shut up. And she's like, you are the loudest, rudest jerk on the planet. And they stare at each other. And then he just grabs her and kisses her. And she goes for it. Luckily, she's okay with it. <laughs> and she grabs him. And they just start furiously, like, making out all over the practice yeah, room. Yeah, I thought this was a Christian music yeah. project. Like, knocking over cymbals or pushing each other up against the walls. Quite steamy for a christian film absolutely that storyline's wrapped up moving forward yes cut to the showcase um where the head of the program james avery Mm -hmm. um welcomes the audience we see nina in the crowd terry is backstage with jay waiting in the wings and she's like oh my gosh i don't have paul's necklace i can't do this without him and jay's like we're about to go on no time for all that. <laughs> but she goes back. She's like, I have to do this. I can't do this without the necklace. And she runs back to her room to get it while Robin performs her weird, like, she's dressed like a salsa dancer. Yeah. It's kind of like a poor man's 
Bob, Bob to, to the, the top. top. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. Little does Terry know what's happening in her dorm room. Her dad is packing her bags. These bags get fucking thrown up and down <laughs> that dorm room. And he's like, do not argue. Fucking toothpicks dripping from his mouth. <laughs> he's like, mom's waiting downstairs. We're going home. Terry's like, you did this to Paul and I'm not going to let you do this to me. She says that she lied to him and she apologizes, but that in the end she did what she had to do. Mm. He doesn't listen to anyone and everyone's afraid of him. Meanwhile, back at the showcase, Kiwi, a.k.a. Engelbert Wilson is his real name. Yeah. Yeah. He is performing, she doesn't even know, his weird song. Featuring a theremin question mark. Yeah, we think he's playing a theremin because at one point he like puts his hands out. It looks like the the movements you would use to play a theremin, but you don't really see what all of his equipment is. So yeah. I don't know. But it would be cool if it was, so I choose to believe he is playing the theremin. Totally. Meanwhile, back with Terry and her dad, she tells him that this place is the scariest, hardest, best thing that's ever happened to her. He is not listening to a single word. We cut back to the showcase. Sloane performs her very good, very classic piano piece. Mm -hmm. Cut back to Terry's dorm room. She tells her father that she is not leaving. Um, she did this program for her and she's finishing it for herself. And he can take her home. But she's performing any minute now, and it would mean the world to her to have her parents um, supporting her. And she's worked really hard, and she wants them to hear her. Yeah, like, just let her perform the fucking showcase. It's an yeah. extra 10 minutes of your life. It feels really, like, punitory yeah. to fucking take her out before the last performance. So Yeah. Back in the auditorium, Denise performs her classical turned – new age rock violin piece. Yeah. Um, she uses like foot pedals and this like, I don't know what, what entails an electric violin, but it seems like it's that. So Terry and Jay are next up after Denise. But where is Terry? Jay doesn't know. So he goes up to Mr. James Avery and he's like, so sorry, folks. It looks like, but then at the last second, Terry shows up and gets on stage with Jay. Terry's parents get to the auditorium. Jay starts playing. Terry looks into the spotlight. She sees Paul's face. She hears his voice. And she stops. And she addresses the audience and says that she wants to dedicate this song to her brother, Paul Fletcher. So Terry's parents join Nina in the audience. And Terry sings the classic Someone's watching over me. Very emotional, very heartfelt. Terry's parents hold hands, they tear up. I got a little misty myself. Oh, wow. Um, Brought me back to when I was a child and I would watch this movie. They perform like the whole song. It's, pr it's they, pretty long. It's, it's like, like five, five minutes. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seriously is. But in the end, everybody applauds. 
They're super proud of her. Mm-hmm. Torvald gives her a little wink. You can't see it. We both winked. You can't yeah, see it. No one sees that. <laughs> and then Terry and Jay get off stage, and she tells him that nothing will ever top what she just felt, and they kiss. At the end of the showcase, the board members convene. The winner of the $10,000 music scholarship is Denise. Yay! Uh, the one person who was really just practicing the whole time and deserved it. Truly. So <laughs> everyone stands and cheers, and she goes to the stage to accept her scholarship. So at the reception, after the showcase, Terry says hi to her family, and they congratulate her. Terry thanks Nina for everything. And mom says she wishes she had won the scholarship, but Terry says it doesn't even matter. She's just glad she got to be up there. And that's when dad finally tells Terry that she was great. He pulls her aside to tell her that he was wrong Mm -hmm. and he was being a little hard-headed. And this was the proudest moment of his life. He just wishes Paul could have seen it. Terry says that she wishes he could have seen it too, and they hug And then Mr. Torvald comes up and says hello to Mr. and Mrs. Fletcher and that he hopes to see Terry here next year. There's a little pause and dad's like, you just might. (gasps) So Jay calls Terry over and she joins her friends to jam, a.k.a. sing Jericho. (laughs) (laughs) The credits roll and that is Raise Your Voice. Unfreaking believable. What a film. What a film indeed. You just think about how it could have been a hit. It could have been maybe not a star is born, but a Hillary Duff movie could move mountains. It could. Unless I like am forgetting something. She never really had like a hit feature film that was in theaters. Lizzie McGuire movie. Was that in theaters? Yeah. It was a theatrical release. Okay. But that was related to the sitcom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, not like a standalone. Yeah. She never really did the whole like movie star thing, but she's really great in like television. Mm -hmm. She's also been working the past year because she did Younger, which Mm -hmm. is ending now or I think just ended. Yeah. And then she has the How I Met Your Mother spinoff, How I Met Your Father coming to Hulu. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I I didn't think her performance was like – lackluster necessarily Mm -hmm. i just i think the writing sucked they just could have done such a better job and made the meat of the movie more clear like what what the really like major theme was which was like her getting over her brother's death like her experience with that and grief and like da 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 Mm -hmm. things got a little foggy a little soggy along the way they did they did yeah because i think that the the premise of you know, music as a healing tool for grief, I think is great. There's a lot there. But like the Robin storyline, cut that shit out. I did not Didn't understand why that was in there. I'm like, she's going through enough. Do we need to add like this a bully? Petty little like bully boyfriend drama situation? No. No. And I also wish that Jay was a better character. Oh, me too. Even like if he had his whole thing was like divorce, like his parents got divorced, mm-hmm. which I guess is traumatic for a 16-year-old. 
But if he could just at least give us a little something extra, it would be, I think it would be very beneficial. But it wasn't even like his whole thing. They mentioned it that one time and then it never comes up again. Mm. There was just not a lot to grab onto with his character. And I also, I mean, to be fair, a lot of 16-year-old boys are like that. But I just wish he was like a better dude. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe the thing that like ruined it for me was it either needed to be seriously about just Terry or it needed Mm. to be an ensemble. Yeah. Because it was in this like weird in between where Jay got a lot of screen time, Kiwi, Denise, and even there was a scene just between Kiwi and Sloan. Like it was too all over the place. Because it wasn't like fame, which is much more of like an ensemble type yeah. of movie. Yeah. 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 There's just some things that didn't really click for me. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's sad because I really loved this movie when I was a kid and watching it now. I'm like, oh, it's not as good as I remember it being, which, you know, is always disappointing. Yeah. But I do think there are some some fun totally moments and some very real moments that definitely moved me. Mm-hmm. And I thought Jason Ritter was great in his very, very limited screen time amazing amazing talent yeah i i would watch this movie again i mean i i still really enjoyed it it Mm -hmm. was more on the side of you know nostalgia as opposed Mm -hmm. to i don't know like sisterhood of the traveling pants where i'm just like they fucking nailed like female friendship and this bond and da 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 but yeah Mm -hmm. do you know uh what you would like to rate the film hmm it's going to be a lower score for sure. Me too. What did we give High School Musical 2? Did we give it like a four or oh five? Oh my God. I cannot believe we did that. I think we gave it a five. If we gave it a five, I would give this a four. But also knowing that we fucked up on that rating, I would yeah. I would be down to give this a five. Yeah, we can't, we can't hold ourselves to that because that, that rating was wrong. We take it back. It was wrong. Um, it's a gut reaction rating. I'm pretty sure we gave Camp Rock like a two. That was true. Yeah. And Bride Wars also got a, a low score as well. Um, yeah, a five. I'll go with a five. Yeah, let's do five. I mean, it, it. there are definitely things that, you know, brought me back to being in an art school, as you've heard throughout this episode. We did that. <laughs> we did. Um Quite the film. Would you recommend it? I would recommend watching it when you need A, a Hillary Duff fix, mm-hmm. B, you're feeling a little emotional and you're like a theater person, or C, you just want like a 2000s movie, you know, with a, a little, what's his name? Oliver James. Yeah. Or you could watch it for John Corbett. Although he does get a little weird. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd recommend it. <laughs> yeah, I'd recommend it if you were watching it in conjunction with like five other good movies. <laughs> yeah, if you're having like a like a Hillary Duffathon. Oh, we should do that. Yeah. But yeah, thank you so much for listening to our second episode of Pod Girl Summer, guys. Yes, we have a lot more in store and Pod Girl Summer is is just the beginning of the next fucking like five months that we planned. Yeah. Planned a lot of episodes in advance. Um, I think we have five more summer movies. Is that right? Hang on. Four? Four? Only four? Yeah. By the time this one comes out, there will only be four left. Okay. Well, 
We have four more Pod Girl Summer movies. Yes. And do not fret because after that we have a fucking amazing array of movies planned. But also while you're enjoying these episodes, please be sure to check out the cocktails that Christina posted to match oh, yeah. up the Pod Girl Summer movies. Sip that cocktail. Listen to the podcast. Take a bath. I don't know. Cook yourself a lovely dinner. Yeah. Using (laughs) HelloFresh. Sponsor us. Come on. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But there's a highlight on our Instagram with all of our Pod Girl Summer content. I'll keep Mm -hmm. posting more. There's fun quizzes. There's some recipes. Cute stuff. So you're going to want to check it out. And where can you do that? Oh, my God. On our Instagram. It's Movies That Raised Us. And if you want to get some more content, you can also follow us on Twitter. It's MTRU underscore pod. Yes. And if you would like to be visually odd, then you can go to our TikTok at movies that raised us pod. You know, if you're a classic gal, um, I don't know why I said gal. I'm using that in a gender neutral fashion. You can go to movies that raised us at gmail.com. Send us your worries, your ambitions, your desires, and we'll respond. Tell us about your summer fling if you have one. Ooh, yeah. Send us your first draft of your novel. Ooh. We won't steal it, I promise. I promise. (laughs) But yeah, we will see you guys next week for another summer movie. I'm Mo. And I'm Christina, and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.